Welcome to the Sparkle Shamelessly with Lainey Love podcast. I'm your transformational host, Lainey Love Dalby, and I'm on a mission to free human spirits to sparkle shamelessly and step into their authentic power, including you, beloved listener. On this podcast, we're gathering fireside from around the globe for monthly interviews, storytelling, spiritual teachings, and sacred practices with style, sass, and the sacred. Come on over to LaineyLoveDalby.com for more spiritual and leadership development resources. And now, on to the show! Hello, beloveds, and welcome. We are so, so thrilled to be back here with you today on the podcast for our final episode in this season. And it's been such a powerful journey traveling over 2019 with you and each of the cycles of the moon. So we just want to thank you for your presence here and really invite all of us to take a moment to close our eyes and just visualize that we're gathering in our virtual sacred circle now from across the globe for an intimate fireside chat with my soul sister and shared leadership mentor, Lori Hannow. And I just want to invite you here to take a deep breath. And just breathe in all of our beloveds that are circling around and nestling up next to the fire. And just allow yourself to fully arrive here, now, into this sacred container from wherever you're tuning in to join us. So I'm just taking another deep breath. And the exhale. Ah. Releasing uh-huh. anything that might not be serving you in this moment. Yeah. Just one more deep breath of life together. <sighs> Shake it out in your body if that feels good to you. And I invite you to open your eyes. And I am so deeply honored and grateful to have Lori beaming into the Soul Sparkle Sanctuary with us today. And Lori is the founder of Global Roundtable Leadership, which is a training and coaching company dedicated to providing transformational learning and leadership development for conscious companies, campuses, and networks. Lori is also a faculty partner and co-chair of Marlboro College's graduate and professional studies management programs. And Lori works to really foster group vitality through her advising, facilitation, and co-creative practices, including GRTL's shared leadership framework and the compassionate accountability process. And she also works as an advisor and coach and guide for other founders, CEOs, EDs, and leadership teams whose organizations focus on systemic change with an emphasis on social, economic, and environmental justice. Work that is so desperately needed at this time, especially as we walk into 2020. So, so amazing to have you with us, sister. Welcome, and thank Mm -hmm. you so much for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is super wonderful to be here and and a real privilege. 
So just to begin, I want to share that each moon cycle in our Sister Hive Learning and Practice community, we're deepening into one of the 13 pillars of the sacred art of sparkling shamelessly. And <laughs> this moon's community pillar is gathering in sacred circle and beloved community. And our theme is dreaming and co-creating a new world into being. And, you know, for me, connecting deeply with other women and individuals and sisterhood and beloved community has been such an essential part of my healing journey. And it has truly super powered my capacity to stand in my power, in my sovereignty, and in my full shameless sparkle in the world. Since there is an I in illness and a we in wellness. And coming together with other like-minded and soulful people that I feel a deep resonance with has really helped to lift me up on my journey. And it's brought me endless support and deep comfort and soul knowing. To have that mirroring, to have that witnessing, to have that fierce holding as we walk on the revolutionary path together. And my sisters and beloveds have really created space for me to lean into when I feel weak and, you know, where I know I can show up just as I am in the moment, no matter how messy I might be in my humanity in that moment, and that it will be more than okay, but it will be welcomed and celebrated and honored and revered. To be able to be in my truth and fullness. And I know you know that, sister, and we have been that for each other as well. And I am so deeply grateful for that, too. Because whenever there are two or more gathered, there is the third energy of spirit, and our souls truly receive nourishment that they can't receive otherwise when we're just on our own. In the quantum force. Yes. Yes, and really feeling that sisterhood and beloved community are essential medicine for these times we're in. Yeah. Times where sacred reconnection is what is deeply, deeply needed because we cannot, we're not meant to, we're not designed to do this journey alone. We truly must uphold one another in these times of complete breakdown and bloom through. And, you know, also times of deep need, but also celebration and really being able to lean in to each other and really drawing from our collective well of wisdom and genius and beauty and soul sparkle to really help each other grow and heal and soar because we are truly moving from individualism to collectivism at this time. And so since working with shared leadership and gathering people together in beloved community is such an important part of Lori's work, I'm so thrilled to really have her join us here today and share her own unique medicine and soul sparkle with us. So I'd love to ask you to begin by sharing a little bit about your own revolutionary journey that really led you to your sacred work in the world and really mm. shining so bright with your unique soul sparkle as a part of GRTL and beyond. Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, I, um, I, I hear the invitation of the questions and I absolutely want to go there. And right before going there, I just want to say that to me, I want to, I want to both say and continue to breathe in all that you have spoken already. I feel that that could be replayed a few times to be taken in more deeply. Because mm -hmm. For me, you spoke from my bones and to my bones in all that you just named. And um, it's interesting in my, in, in my signature, you know, my email, uh, an incredible mail that I believe 
has is one of the people who for me so embodies wholeness and integration of the yin and the yang is Martin Luther King. And uh, his quote of our goal is to create a beloved community. And this will require a qualitative, it will require a qualitative change in our souls and a quantitative change in our lives. And to me, you know, he was speaking into, into these times, you know, a qualitative change in our souls and a quantitative, a willingness to change and make space for what is new in ourselves and new together, new with each other, and to make space for each other uh, is, is so essential. And, uh, and also, to me, you also brought in for me uh, Arundhati Roy. Another world is not only possible, she is on her way. Mm. And on a quiet day, I can hear her breathing. Mm. Right? <laughs> as, we, as we put our, our fingers against our ears in a twinkling way, you know, the power, the power of both uh, these wisdom carriers and uh and and thank you for inviting me into this space to share wisdom and 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 questions with you and i also want to say thank you to everyone else who is here with us and who is listening uh either you know on time or out of out of societal time right the mystery of whether this is heard a year from now or or uh you know but it's right on time right on time and i say hello to you and I thank you for your caring, and I thank you for your own originality. And, and I'm sure I can speak for me and Lainey when I say thank you for showing up with us here in this sacred circle. Yeah. We feel you, beloveds. Yes, we sure do. <laughs> We're so excited. And, and uh, you know, thank you for the invitation um to share about my own journey and um my mother my mother said i was the third of four children and my mother said that i i, I was uh i came after uh, my sister who slept all a lot like all the time i guess and i was up from like 5 a.m but she said i was always singing and and i'm heartened to know that my infant self and my toddler self was always singing you know, and, and so I, I want to name that as a part of my sparkle and, and, and the innate uh, song, you know, and dance, you know, if you uh, with, were, are visiting a shaman, you know, the first question is when, you know, for Salt Lake is when did you stop singing and when did you stop dancing? And, uh, and then I remember around the age of six or seven, playing in the northern woods of New Jersey, where we spent uh, most of our time in the summers, we were against the trinity of earth, sky, and beach, uh, earth, sky, and water um, um, in, in Madison, Connecticut, and Ridgewood, New Jersey, and Franklin Lakes, New Jersey was where I grew up um, the rest of the year. And I remember stepping into the woods and hearing everything speak. And the wind would speak. And the moss would speak. 
and the animals would speak. And I, I truly believed that everybody heard. And it was actually a few years later that I understood that, that not everyone heard. And I remember being so shocked, actually. And the same thing would happen. I mentioned the trinity of the liminal field of, of, of um, earth, sky, and water, the, the, the water's edge, you know, with the beach. Um, because the, it, it did seem that stepping into the woods, and, and, and as I look back, I wonder if that's out of society, if you will, uh, and into the, into the natural fabric, you know. Um, I don't know. But I do know that for some reason, uh, walking into the woods and on those liminal edges is, is, is at the time where I could hear the most clearly. And I do remember being an early teen and making a vow, a promise. I didn't know the word vow then or think of it as a vow. But as I look back, because I've stayed so committed to this promise, I see it now as a vow to, to not forget you know, to remember as best I could. And so in this way to not conform or, or, or to not forget and to do my best. And of course, as a human, I've been conforming all over the place and I'm in a million bubbles, but, but in, in my deepest part of my heart and spirit, there is, has always been a commitment to our weird and, and uh, to our authenticity. And I think that our authenticity actually stands on our originality that is through our, our our willingness to be vulnerable and to be to be to be authentic that our originality that the depths of the underworld if you will of our deeper substance can actually rise and so uh i name that as a thread of my of my my own what did you how did you call it what was that what did you ask me i see it as my own opening Hmm. And my commitment to my continuum of my transformation and, and, and I don't just think it's my spiritual path. I think it's the, the, my path of wholeness. Hmm. And uh, so I'll stop there. I feel like I just said a lot. <laughs> oh, no, that, thank you so much. I mean, yeah, the revolutionary journey takes many, many forms for so many of us. And it's beautiful to see where where we have pulled our strength and our essence and where and how we have remembered and how we have come home to ourselves in that sense and you know how such i mean i love your perspective i know we've talked so much around this about our uniqueness and you know what i call soul sparkle and whatever whatever we like to call it the weird the you know that 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 actually is also a nutrient for the larger ecosystem of humanity Absolutely. And we are all needed to offer that part of ourselves to the whole in order for us to thrive together. Yeah. And so how us being in our uniqueness and not just a cog in a wheel, like we have been taught for centuries when we're really in our full essence and, you know, bringing that forward, that it is the deepest medicine and the deepest gift that we could ever deliver to our world. Oh my gosh, Lainey. To me, what you know, you know, what you're claiming and naming, um, there is, you're sparking me, if it's okay, I, I want to share oh. uh, on this revolutionary, you know, transformational path. Um, it was back in, in 2000 and 2001 and 2002, 
and my father died in October of, of 2000. And so, you know, I'm, I'm aware that, that, that that's in the mix uh, for me, cracking open uh, into, into a deeper state within myself. And I had uh, also some work dynamics that really called for my bravery and, uh, and for my integrity. And there were times within that dynamic over those months where I collapsed and I wasn't brave. And I was able to see the hurt, the harm and the suffering that I, I was causing by um, conforming, by being under the power of the owners for whom I was working. And, uh, and again, good people, but just this dynamic of a power dynamic and being asked to do things that I didn't believe were right to do and, and how we fire or let go of people and, and some other dynamics. And, um, and I just remember how burned out I, I got, how, how it, it, it seared my soul and, and sucked the life out of me over just a couple year period. And, um, and I, when I was done with my obligations to this company, um, I took what I thought was maybe two weeks to a month to rest. I, I was a single mom and the only source of income for my two sons. And, and, uh, and so I didn't see anything beyond that. Well, I ended up getting really cracked open mystically um, and it was over a year and a half, actually. I went quiet for a lot of that time. I went very inward. I told my own family that I would be changing and I didn't know how I would be changing, but it felt like it was important for me to speak this out loud. And I do want to name that in our current society, in our current structures, at least as far as I'm aware, that you know, if I didn't have a church to go to or the synagogue to go to, and I actually went to a rabbi and I went to a priest and I went to a librarian and, and I tried to express the mystical experiences that I was having and no one really knew what to do with me mm-hmm. until I found an indigenous elder, Angelus Arian, who supported me on, in my growth of the realms and the worlds coming together and I want to say that I think that these experiences have been very specialized and I think they're normal. I think that they are a normal part of being human when we're willing to be open and we're willing to let go and we're willing to grow yeah. and to sparkle shamelessly. And, and, but it's, it's a sobering, it's not a path for wimps. <laughs> and, and I'm sure it takes us one way or the other, but I do, I do think that we do have some part of our will of, of being open to saying yes, you know, even if it's with shaking knees, you know, uh, when Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz takes the broom, you know, and, and her knees are shaking, you know, and, and uh, that so stands for me as an aspect of a, a growth of consciousness, the willingness to continue to grow in our consciousness and, and to see in all directions and, and to see what may have been terrifying before or, or may not be pretty mm-hmm. in ourselves and in the world and, and to be able to, to hold the gaze, you know, without shame or blame, uh, but in a commitment to heal. And, uh, and so 
I would say that while I was getting cracked open in that time, my senses grew and my sight grew. And I saw these times. I saw the call for global collaboration and for a leap in our consciousness of what it means to be human and what it means to be interdependent. And I do believe that what many indigenous cultures cross-culturally call the great quickening of these times, this speeding up and this tension and anxiety that the Western world uses the language of anxiety and tension, but this great quickening that we are, or, or I experience as being in, uh, and I know, I know that you do too, that um, I saw that it is also bringing into this plane of reality the capacity to understand the genius, the deep genius of our grand diversity and the call to understand how to honor ourselves and honor each other and to come together, to work together and, and to co-create together. And so, again, I, I know I've already said this, but I, I'm so excited by this pillar. And, and, uh, and I, even I struggle with our language, our own at Global Roundtable Leadership, our language of coaching and training because all of our work is about around co-creation mm -hmm. and being muses for each other, yeah. you know, and, and the ensemble being an ensemble, um, being in flow and harmony and, and, and learning what it means to be out of harmony and in harmony as humans together, you know, is, is, is what we practice and what we offer other groups and teams uh, to practice together. But, but I just want to name those times and, and, and that uh, to trust if anyone is hearing this or watching this who is being cracked open um, to continue to ask for help and to support support and that is a part of these communities and part of this 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 new way of us circling up yeah. and um, and and to know that you are not losing your mind I have some mental illness in my family and I became very very afraid that that my time was here and I was losing my mind mm -hmm. And, and so to, to trust yourself, to trust deeply yourself and to trust deeply the mystery and to know that we are being shaped and opened in ways beyond our current imagination, you know, but, but to, to love, trust and respect for me are, are three roots of that, that, that move into the pillar, this pillar mm. that you have shared with us. Mm. Thank you, sister. So beautiful. And yes, to, you know, this, this journey in raising consciousness, inevitably, that is what is happening now, whether you call it ascension or activation or the revolutionary journey or spiritual awakening or whatever. It's the reality that that we are in times where we are being asked to wake up and to wake up now yes. and to stand in our fullness and in our truth and in our authentic essence now and to not wait. And one of the most effective ways I know to do that on the spiritual path is to gather with others that are on the same journey. Because when we gather, it also creates these vortexes of power. It creates these acupuncture points of healing on the earth that have ripple effects that travel out into the world. And it, en it enhances our own journey. And it can also expedite it when we have those mirrors around us saying, I see you and I'm going through the same thing, sister. <laughs> Let's hold on to each other, put our seatbelts on and, you know, go for the ride together. 
right? In, in systems language, in systems speak, uh, there is a term called the social field. Mm. And, and, and you are talking right now about the social field, yeah. that when we are gathered, again, that two or more, when we are dosed, or even when we, if we walk into the grocery store, and we're working, I don't care how large or small it is, when we're walking through the store, we are a field with everyone in there. And how we glance at each other as we go by, how we treat each other, you know, creates the, has impact on each other wherever we are, whether we're in a business meeting, like every place we go on the subway is a field. And so remembering our commitment to healing, to being a, a part of a healing field, and whether we're speaking or not, that this essence is pouring out of us, pouring out of our pores, literally, and, and that we are a part of creating these fields. And when we become afraid within a group, we are, fielding, we are feeding the field of fear. And again, how do we find our own breath and our own rootedness and, 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 and bring a radiance, right, even if we don't speak? But through our eyes and through the way we hold our bodies and our heads, like to that group in that moment, you know, and, and that these social fields are imbued in all directions, including back into us. And so we are creating a, a, a growing field, whatever it is we're growing, whether we're growing fear, you know, dominance, whatever it is that we're growing. But, but uh, you know, we are healers and we are growers. <laughs> we are many things, but we are certainly those two things, you know. And, and again, I, I invite us to remember that in these times is is are we here to feed the fear, the fear and the scarcity um, mindset that can be in place? Are we here to serve as, as healers mm -hmm. and, and to learn and grow together? Mm. And to shatter that illusion of separation and instead to really lean in and you know, become the architects of the of the new future that is here, especially in this new decade that is calling us forward. It's like, how can we show up with that collective intention and create that field together of really being architects of a new future that is about deep nourishment for all. Right. And really is about equality for all, and that is about a shared thriving in our fullness and who we are and who we're meant to be and who we have always been. Really, that returning home and returning home to the mother in that too, returning home to our earth and becoming stewards for life. For life. That all of this is 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 for life forever for as long as we have breath and i love what you're naming about to me what's a bit of a paradox in looking out into the future and and allowing the, you know having the future arrive into us through their actions that we are in right now right you know that it is another part of the spiral is the the calling of the future into us through how we are behaving, how we are showing up, how we are letting go, how we are opening, how we are curious, you know, right now. And, uh, and so I just, you know, I, I appreciate your emphasis on the now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so important. Yeah. Especially in these times, it feels like everything that we choose 
it deeply matters how we show up, what we say yes to, where we direct our life force energies, you know, what boundaries we construct, what energies we allow in and allow out are so essential at this time because they are, it is that like merging of past, present, future in this time. It's like we are creating the future with every action and step we take right here, right now. Right here, right now. And you know what I do want to name is that something that has heartened me since I started this collective work, which was after 2000, after that whole, those three years, I started to write these frames. And what came in first were these, what I call the four pillars, uh, you know, to, to lead with our humanity before roles, status, and expertise or to lead relationally before positionally, where we're so conditioned to relate through our positions in life, through our roles, through our work, through what our position is, you know, and how do we, you know, first and foremost, lead with each other? How do we greet each other through hearing our stories like you have invited me to do, right? That's leading with our humanity. And then the second pillar is being equal learning partners, uh, that we are there, we are equal in what we have, the gifts that we are born with to share with another, with each other and the gifts to receive from one another. And, and we're equal in our capacity to learn and be willing to grow together. And the third, the pillar of wholeness, you know, whole self and the practice of, of, of oh, the eternal practice of, of wholeness and, and, and whole systems like our seeing our place, not only being absorbed just in ourselves but being able to see our impact on any group that we're a part of and then the mission of that group and then how that's impacting all of life. You know, that there, we, we have the capacity to see the through thread without, without going into overwhelm if we right. stay with it. And, and then uh, our collective wisdom is the fourth pillar, right? Is, and then what came to me actually a couple of years later was this, this, this term sharing power and leadership, sharing leadership. What does it mean to really share power? and leadership with each other. And um, I mentioned this because as I started this work, even before I've gotten these kind of frames created and articulated and grounded, um, people were asking me to facilitate when I was, when I was coaching founders or owners of different companies because my background is in business, um, people were very quickly starting to invite me to, to, to support their teams. And then it would be their leadership teams and then it would circle out to other teams or, and sometimes the whole organization. And I'll tell you, Lainey, that when we lead with, with our humanity and when we are caring to build a field of learning, not a field of expertise. It's important to have our expertise, but first and foremost, to be in beginner's mind or to be as, as a, a West, an Eastern term to use, but a, to, to be willing to be open in our learning and curious and to you know, be willing to grow together. And, uh, and, and when we honor the collective genius or collective wisdom of the group, there is a kind of social field that gets established in that group. And I don't care whether it's men in manufacturing that are, it's all men, which I have gone in and to some organizations and worked in places where it's all men and uh, 
whether it's intergenerational, whether it's a mix of, you know, in of urban and, and more rural people, like depending upon the situations, I've been invited into many different groups to uh, support their collaboration and work together. I am so heartened by when we genuinely invite this knowledge of co-creation and, and being more authentic and truer together now, as we are naming, 100% of the time so far, whether it's a public engagement or a private engagement, the group rises, mm. the group opens. And there is, when I can trust that the genius is always in the group, when I can trust that and try not to control it too much with the way I want it to go, but if I can adhere to the, these tenets of your, the pillar and the tenets I have named of the, the framework of shared leadership, it is remarkable the maturity, the, 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 the natural maturation and cohesiveness and codependence in, in, in a healthy way, the healing that starts to happen within that group. Mm. And it's immediate. It, it happens you know, I, you know I, I remember being asked to go to um, Parsons School of Design Strategy and work with, with a group of faculty and students and staff, and then they opened it to the public. And I, uh, I, the theme was the willingness to be uncomfortable. And we, I led with these pillars, these tenants, uh, and we sat in circle, you know, I, which threw everybody at first, right? Because they're not used to being in circle. But what was able to happen? Within 20 minutes, within 20 minutes, how people started to speak from a more sacred part of themselves. And they took risks and they were more honest and they became more generous with each other. And the quality of the questions and the conversations and where the group went as equal learning partners and how we became a circle instead of a hierarchy and how we had power with each other instead of power over and under each other. And I didn't have to say much. I just needed to, to open with these tenants a genuine invitation and then, and then be a soft guide, mm -hmm. but a soft guide with everybody else, you know? And over and over and over again, this has been my experience, is that it's, it's, it is a doorway, a threshold into another consciousness. But when there's the tenets of that doorway are practiced, every single time I see a shift that happens in our humanity and in the brilliance of, of, of the group and it lasts, it sticks. So I just, you, you're very patient with me. You let me just say a whole lot. So I'll, I wanna pause and have you join me, but I wanted to get, you know, to say all that because I'm so inspired by what I've been bearing witness to over these past few short years. Mm, beautiful. I mean, it's so in alignment because, you know, in all the circles that we gather, it is really all about holding space for each other to rise. But in this context, like I, I tend to be leading sacred circles. And so I just want to honor and recognize you for bringing this work into spaces that don't normally have an experience of the sacred. 
and yeah. really bringing this deep sense and weaving this sense of the sacred into these realms that don't tend to have that deeper content and don't have don't tend to have that connection to our deeper humanity and our deeper truth and that stream of soul and, and essence. And, and so just really honoring you for taking that work out into the world, into spaces where, you know, it isn't the norm, you know, really against the grain in that sense, very countercultural, but then it is so natural in the end. It is a part of our, you know, so, so it's really restoring a remembrance of like, oh, we've always known how to do this actually, you know, and just honoring you for that and for bringing that work forward in the way that you do you and to the populations that you bring it it just you know deep deep honoring for that thank you you. it has you know as i become an older and 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 an older dog an older being um you know and to look back and because i've been agnostic to the sectors i have been very fussy about it if people are really genuinely including the the founders or the CEOs or the owners who have who are carrying such power. But if they are genuinely open to learning and, and to sharing power, I'll walk through fire for anyone. And so it hasn't mattered to me whether it's education or business or the Silicon Valley, you know, or, or you know, all the, these different worlds, uh, socially responsible businesses or, or, or not, you know. But if there's the genuine care and commitment uh, to be open for this kind of change. Um, I have shown up and my team has shown up. And again, we are so humbled by what you have just said, the knowing that starts to come into a group when they allow themselves themselves to be positively disrupted mm-hmm. and to sit in a circle instead of rows or, and, and to take the table out. And, uh, you know, and all of our ancestors, you know, sat in circles around fires and shared stories and held counsel and worked in retribution and, and, and justice in many, many different ways. And so it is in our lines. It is in our lines cross-culturally. Yeah. And, and this is something we know. And when we make these the shape of our workplaces, you know, or, or whatever our work is, wherever we work together, that when we start to sit in circles, they become sacred. If we if we hold a respect and a dignity for each other, then the sacredness is the outbreath. Mm. Yes, yes. Mm, so beautiful. Thank you. So, with that said, you know, what do you feel? is the way forward to dream and co-create a new world into being. Being able to meet each other in that way, what are some, you know, some insights that you have about really how to do that? Like daily practical steps, you know, very tactical, very Capricorn energy, like this is the next right step we need to take to be able to really become the architects of the future and co-create in this way. So I'm curious to see what what wants to come through you around that. So, you know, the uh, the super eight, you know, the infinity sign, which is also called the Lemnus Gate, it's also called the Mobius Strip. Mm-hmm. I see, I see really, uh, and even this is a bit of a bifurcation, but I think we have been made to be so separate 
from not only each other, but for individuals from groups. And so I don't think we, we, I think that there is a leap of consciousness that is coming in, in, in what it means to really be in group intelligence, group wisdom together. But, what, but in that, we always have our individual work to do too. That's why I'm naming the, the, the super eight is I feel kind of on one side of that unbifurcated, you know, uh, still in flow is, is the self. And then I'm going to name the other side is maybe the, the group, you know, and, and so, um, we have a lot of resources. I'll just name on our site, Global Roundtable Leadership. You can also get in touch with me through the site. And we're also building a free online community where we practice uh, daily these ways of sharing power and being more loving, liberating love, um, becoming more compassionate, more kind. To me, it is all about practicing the humanistic skills and, and capacities building humanistic capacities. So building our capacity to be generous to ourselves. And at the same time, or in the next breath, learning how to be generous with others, not just to others, but what does it mean for a work group? If you walk into wherever it is you work and you actually ask the group to have a dialogue about what does it mean to be generous together? What does it mean to host each other, to have hospitality? in the group and to be kind. What, what does kindness look like to us? And what do we want our group, uh, one practice of kindness to be a quarter for a group? Any behavioral change is, is 21 days. Mm-hmm. And so to me, whether we choose, whether we feel we need to practice an aspect of, of, of cultivating our humanity by ourselves for a while, like with some privacy, having some privacy around that, I would say, and, and then also how to practice within group. So in the same way we go for yoga and we go for exercise, where are the places where we are practicing, cultivating these humanistic capacities? Because in where we work, most of us spend two thirds of our waking hours. And and it's great to go on retreat, you know, and that can be, that's so important to, to go on retreat, but how are we in the day to day? And so I would ask anyone here that's listening to ask yourselves, like, what is, what is one humanistic capacity that you want to deepen or cultivate in yourself without shame or blame? That becomes a part of the practice, that there's no diminishment. That in itself is a massive first practice, is to practice not diminishing ourselves or each other mm-hmm. to actually get a deeper wisdom. Mm-hmm. But for me, we have been made so mechanistic and tactical in, in the workplace. Like we meet to, 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 to get shit done, to get stuff done, you know, and, and that we're not even saying hello to each other and we're not bringing the soul alive mm-hmm. and the heart and we're not really seeing each other humanistically and my father was someone who who as a business owner had such presence that he when you were with him you felt so seen and heard there was a way he had such a genuine dignity and curiosity 
for each person far beyond their role, but for who they were in their personhood. And we became alive. Our integrity as a group uh, in his organization, where I worked for 10 years before I worked in this other place I shared earlier, but we became kind and smart and create, more creative, more artistic mm -hmm. together, sell, selling, manufacturing corrugated boxes, you know? And, but, but we became the, the, this different way of being. And I would, I would ask myself, why is this so hard? And why is it so rare? And so I invite everyone to look at where you may see that you're conforming to ways that you don't agree with and to practice bring, bringing your authenticity and your bravery and your compassion and your kindness to those places. And so it may be that you practice compassion or kindness, but to me, everything is about cultivating the humanistic genius, the humanistic capacities. Mm -hmm. um, am I being grounded and practical enough? Oh yeah, definitely. Thank you. No, that's definitely super practical. And there's one other sort of practical question that wanted to come through as well, since we are living at a time of great conflict. And so, you know, I'm curious if you've had conflicts that have come up in sacred circles and beloved communities and in gatherings, and how have you moved through those conflicts and shared leadership, if you have any advice around that? <clears throat> I do. We have, we have guiding principles um, that we invite a group to consider. And then a group puts those guiding principles into their own language. But for instance, one is the 137 rule. And it's that uh, if there is a conflict between me and somebody else within the group that we're willing to leave no trace, just like for camping in the woods, you pick up all your garbage and you make sure you take everything out of the woods with you. At the end of the day, you clear up the energy between you and, and another person. Um, and, and if, and if you need, cause so often we go, you know, we, I'm going to use work speak and kind of old fashioned work speak, but but you, we go to the water cooler, right? Which is where everyone hangs out and we bitch or we complain or we create drama. We feed the drama of the situation, but we actually don't go directly back to the person we have conflict with. We often find other people at that quote unquote water cooler, wherever that space is. And, and it could be in the kitchen or, you know, it could be in the workspace where, but we're bitching and grousing, complaining, but never going directly back to the person to have to clean and to stay in it, to stay with it and to ask questions of, of um, how the other person is, is, is experiencing the dynamic and how are you experiencing the dynamic and to talk it through and to stay in it until we were able to work it out. And if you can't find that person within a day or you sometimes, even if we're, we're uh, you know, we're, we're fast assimilators, sometimes we need a little bit more time to, to absorb and consider what took place and think about it, that you take no more than three days. Mm -hmm. And that you may go to one or two other people as sounding boards, but no more than two other people. And you, you continue to hold the responsibility. So you share with them that you're using them as a sounding board with their permission to help you 
think through a dynamic or to help me think through a dynamic that I'm grappling with, a complex issue with a group or another person. But no more than two other people because we disperse the energy. We fragment all the energy. It's like a vomit. Mm-hmm. You know, if we keep talking to many, many other people, but we don't, without going first, you know, directly back. And if we're ever taking longer than a week to bring it up or to go back directly, then it's a wound from our past that is unhealed. Mm-hmm. And it's a part of ourselves that is still calling for healing. Mm-hmm. And it's our responsibility to do the work to heal that dynamic in ourselves and so that we can continue to show up well and not repeat that mm. pattern over and over and over again. So that's an example of the 137 rule or leaving no trace or how a group starts to work on cleaning up conflict. Right. And, and uh, again, on our website, and I'd be happy if, if, you know, but we, there's in the social justice worlds, there are, there are different ways that you can practice speaking where you speak only from the I, mm-hmm. you don't speak you, 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 you know, you, we speak from our own experience. There are these, these ways to practice speaking where we can not trigger the trauma in each other as easily, you know, but, um, and so, uh, you know, there's in restorative justice work, you know, there, there are those frameworks and, we have a number of them that we've created, a number of them that we use, and, and, and of course, give credit for, um, you know, but it, it's, a real, it's a real commitment to stay, to stay with it. Yeah. And not abandon ourselves or, or each other. Yeah. You know, and, and then after, like, if, if you and I are in a group of 10, it could be that you and I have a dynamic and then we let the group know at a top level that we have had this dynamic and that we have committed to work it through. Mm-hmm. And maybe that there is some space, whether it's a half an hour made for the group to say, oh my gosh, yes, I thought I was crazy. I was feeling this edge, but I didn't, couldn't quite name it. Or, but that clears the, 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 that also then just, you know, heals the energy and clears the energy within the group. And, uh, and so again, this both and of taking care of ourself, working one-on-one, if that's where the dynamic is with another person, um, and, then, and then talking it through as a, as a whole group and knowing who the facilitator, you may have a facilitator to hold the space for that, maybe not. Like, there is a lot, there is, you know, it, it, there are, are wisdom practices for this work. So again, it's not for the faint of heart and, and, and it does take patience to share power because we have been so conformed right. to have power over and under, but uh, so happy to share resources and our shared leadership circle. You can check with me on it's a, again, a, uh, it's, it's one place, but where there's free online, a place to practice these ways of being and to come and get nurtured and, and, and to inspire each other and to share our questions and our practices, because again, we don't have the answers. We are figuring out this new consciousness. Yeah. We are building it together. And, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh, who I studied with, I'm paraphrasing totally, um, but I can get you the direct quote if you want it. But he actually said this to a group of us um, and then wrote this later. Um, but that literally what he, or excuse me, I, I'm paraphrasing. What he said is that the, um, 
the next guru is the sangha yeah. or the community you know and so this is this is it takes a patience and a willingness to stay in because we are we are we are figuring this out together it's a new knowledge mm. the knowledge of our collective humanity mm. beautiful i was going to ask if there were any other closing words but i think those were the closing words uh, it's been such an honor to have you here today and to be able to connect with you as always i know we could talk for many many more hours but just so grateful that you are here in the world showing up in your sacred work and your unique soul sparkle and sharing that with the world so fully and being in service to all those who need you most in such a profound way so just deeply honoring your journey the work that you do and your presence here on earth and it is an honor to walk hand in hand with you sister oh Lini, thank you learned so much from you too and it's such an honor and a joy and thank you and again thank you to everyone thank you so much for showing up and for being here and for creating this circle and have an amazing 2020 and new decade yes we were made for these times don't forget that remember yes. that yes. whenever it gets nerve-wracking or scary that we were made for these times and there's so much beauty to bring and lean in because we are here beloveds the sister hive learning and practice community is also here we're going to be starting up a tv show this year so and really um we are here for you to support you on the journey so reach out and we love you and more soon Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today, beloved. You can join us in our Sister Hive learning and practice community at sisterhive.community. See you soon, beloved. Additionally, you can learn more about our guest today at globalroundtableleadership.com. Trillions of years of evolution and revolution led to you. It's time to remember who you truly are and why you're here at this most powerful time in human history. It's time to allow your full spiritual magnificence and the raw truth of who you are to come forth. It's time to be lit up and turned on and blazing true because the world needs your unique soul sparkle now more than ever. So remember, Someone out there needs you. Are you willing to finally come out of hiding and live your life so that they can find you? I'll leave you with that question for now, beloved, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. If you enjoyed the show today, please share it with your beloveds. And come on over to LaineyLoveDolby.com where you'll receive a free Soul Sparkle Starter Kit so you can begin your own journey to ignite your revolutionary potential today. 